0: Welcome back to the campfire with Seth and I. We are so excited to welcome you to our seventh episode. Um, I hope you enjoyed last week's episode. we got a, a couple of new fruits to try um, and a couple of new beers to try. And yes, I do mean plural because uh, this is going to be part one of a part two episode uh, where Seth and I focus on some dream trips, vacations, hikes, whatever you want to Call it on a uh, designated location. Uh, we're going to, I think, choose top five. Yeah.
1: Yep. So Five each. Yeah. Um, so
0: we're going to spend some time talking about those. Um, and we figured it's probably going to take longer than what we have for one episode. So we yeah have extended it to a part one, part two.
1: Yeah. That and uh, I leave for Mexico in less than a week, six days. Yeah, it's a big sad. And so I will be gone for a week, and so we won't be able to record. So we're going to do a little two-parter here for you guys. Um, And if you're you're at home and you're wondering um, if I work or if I just go on trips, um, it just so happens that I do work. I've just had a lot of trips planned. So I feel like I've been on, in like the last 10 weeks, I've been on like four weeks of trips. But so, yes, I do work.
0: I mean, we're young. We're, we're dumb. Oh, yeah, yeah. We're young. We're planning dream trips. Yeah, because I've I've wanted to make I know for a fact one of these a um like bucket list item like a I will do this before I die. Um, so this is not just a dream trip. It is a fourth a foreshadowing of something to be right yeah Yeah, most
1: of mine i plan on doing at some point in my life but it might take 20 years to fit them all in but
0: yeah same i was looking at just basic budgets and it's a couple grand for each one
1: Mm -hmm. some of mine are a bit pricey but other of them are pretty cheap so
0: yeah mine all have to do the biggest expenses travel so yeah getting to and from yeah to and fro yeah, for but sure. I mean, we'll elaborate on that later. Right. I just wanted to give like yeah. a little, you know, a little taste. Yeah. Of what's to come. And speaking of taste, Ooh. we do have a fruit today. Um. <clears throat> go ahead. What do you? What okay. Do you see here. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Um, it is. Hmm. Uh, it looks like a gourd, but texturally not at all like a gourd. So like. The, when you look at it it looks like it would be like a bumpy hard exterior but it's actually more like
0: apple skin yeah kind of on the outside it's funny you say gourd i thought about that yeah because you're, you know i'm thinking about gourds
1: yeah, fall on the brain um it's got it's yellow with purple like racing stripes i would say
0: yeah it has some decals
1: it decals which sweet decals and then the inside looks like a yellow lighter mango to me
0: yeah go ahead and smell it because it, it smells just mm. like the internet said it would.
1: I don't know what it is, though.
0: It's familiar.
1: It kind of smells like a pumpkin. Mm, <sighs> That's no, what I get.
0: I, I'm going to say the word cucumber.
1: Oh, you're right. You're right. Yeah. Oh.
0: <laughs> okay. Are we going in? Um. So I'll let I, you go in before I tell you what it is. Okay. So as always, you take first bite.
1: Yeah. I'm going to name it. I'm going to give it a name. Yeah, yeah. And, and if I was minute. gonna name it, I would say it is a um, eggplant, um, hmm, an egg eggplant mango is what I would name this. Okay, um, and that's just because I have purple and I'm very simple minded. So correct. Um, all right, let's give it a try.
0: So you eat around the skin they say you can eat the skin but by the time it's ripe it gets a little hard so
1: yeah um no that's good
0: really uh-huh. so better than a Thai guava yeah
1: much better this is like it tastes like a better muskmelon melon to me
0: mm.
1: or like cantaloupe
0: yeah so it is in the it is a melon mm-hmm. it's called a pepino melon
1: pepino like the pizza
0: well, yeah. For those of you that listen from Grand Rapids, <laughs> we have a pizza chain here called Pepinos. Uh, but for um, people who are not, it um, it's like a cucumber melon. Yeah.
1: As I, oh, as I get closer to the outside, it tastes a little riny. It tastes like a better tasting the white part of a watermelon. Yeah. But like a better tasting than that, but, like, that's, like, very similar to the...
0: Yeah, but not as, like, hard. Right. So, yeah, this is called a Pepino melon. It's a South American fruit. Uh, Some people call it a sweet cucumber or a melon pear.
1: Hmm. Not Uh, a Christmas pear, but... Oh!
0: Yeah, not a Christmas... Not a Christmas pear, but, um... That's pretty good. Yeah. As soon as I said it, it smells just like... Just like a cucumber, kind of.
1: Yeah. I mean, I feel like, like, melons and cucumbers that are, like, 90... Eight percent water, like they all kind of smell and taste similar to me, but that's pretty good. I wanted to try the skin here.
0: Yeah, try the skin. Mm. <laughs> has a it has a, a loud a, crunch. It's
1: a thick skin. It doesn't taste bad. It's just like kind of
0: unnecessary. It tastes like a cheap apple. If I you want cheap apples, just, yeah, it's all about the skin when it comes to an apple. If that's I what in price.
1: was going to like, if I was a king. And somebody was going to serve me, and I requested this fruit, I would have them take the skin off and then cube it like you would a watermelon. And then I would just eat it with a fork because I don't like eating things like that with my fingers because they get sticky. And so um, that's the only thing stopping me from saying, like, oh, I would put this in the the regular repertoire. But Yeah, in terms of good. preparation,
0: it's the same. Yeah. It's easier than a watermelon.
1: Where does it rank on eating it on a bus? The eating it on the bus ranking, where would you put it?
0: Ooh, 10 being an apple, easy to eat.
1: Well, like dragon fruit, you could do it, Correct. but apple would be better,
0: right? I would say, um, I would say like a, a six, okay, six, six point, yeah, four.
1: I would say it's more eatable than the dragon fruit, but less eatable, Edib- less no, eatable. Then what was the other one that we said those like any of the guavas you
0: Yeah, the lychee fruit was kinda of the,
1: tough. The lychee fruit you're not eating on a bus. Yeah.
0: In terms of eatability, but yeah. like maybe I you, put it at like a If seven you were just gonna bite
1: it like it was an apple. You can. I, I like, yeah. You can so that. assuming your your skin isn't too hard. I think it's pretty eatable on a bus. Yeah. But I'm gonna rank it uh What about flavor wise? Yeah. I'm gonna rank it at a six point six.
0: Okay. Yeah. yeah.
1: Pretty good. Not like bursting with flavor, but if you threw that into like a fruit salad, it'd be it'd be a great addition.
0: I think I think you and I could throw throw that into a fruit salad, and no one would know that it is anything other than maybe right. like a musmelon right. honeydew yeah. or cantaloupe. I
1: think people would just assume that. And when I say fruit salad, I'm actually referring to just mixed fruit, because fruit, fruit salad, salad should have a dressing. Yeah, I just want to throw that out there for all the listeners: mixed fruit, fruit salad. Different things, but I digress.
0: Uh, yeah. <clears throat> um. What kind of beer are we drinking today, Seth? Yeah. One of two.
1: So we have, um, Sheboygan Brewing. Um. It's Sheboygan. <laughs> and Chicken Joe, um, from Sheboygan, um, surface up reference there. Uh, sticking with the Michigan thing,
0: it is a blackberry
1: blonde,
0: ale. Um. So. It's very light and refreshing. Yeah. Sorry, I took a premature. Sip. No, yeah,
1: you're good. It looks like if I if you gave me this glass, and said, um, "What kind of beer do you think this is?" What, what would you say?
0: Like a, a a hazy IPA.
1: Yeah, like if like, I said this is a fruity beer. What kind of fruit do you think it is?
0: Oh, um, I don't know. It's like an orangish, yeah, pink color. I definitely wouldn't say blackberry. No. I'd either. say maybe like grapefruit.
1: That's exactly what I was going to say. Yeah. It looks like a grapefruit beer. But when we poured it, it smelled like blackberry. So yeah,
0: pretty, pretty on the spot.
1: Yeah. The, the can reads, um, fresh air and water go hand in hand with this ale. We carefully balance ripe blackberries with a crisp malt body for just the right amount of succulent tartness and sweetness. This is the perfect brew for enjoying outdoors. Wow, so perfect for this podcast.
0: Yeah, honestly, um, and I must say, it is a limited <clears throat> release, but the picture super cute. It's yeah. just a bear picking some <laughs> blackberries,
1: Hold, holding the basket in his mouth. That's great. I love it. Um, it tastes pretty good to me. It kind of tastes like if like a really good, like like a Budweiser, but like like, like that tastes a little bit better, and then I just like sprinkled some blackberries in it. Like it's very subtle to me. It's not like yeah overwhelming in my face blackberry
0: correct i'm i i completely agree with you it's it's like a hey this is uh budweiser coming at you with a new summer edition right yeah check out the new blackberry perfect to drink on the boat uh slightly higher abu uh this is one for the books it it only comes out like yeah um end of may early june until august and then and then they stop it
1: i kind of like it though like I feel like I could it's not super heavy. I could I could drink the, a few of these.
0: Yeah, no no. It's good. It's yummy. Nice. This is definitely better than the beer that I got Kelsey the other day. Um so we uh sat down to watch some TV, uh and we were drinking some beers, <laughs> pouring one out for um uh Norm McDonald, who is a comedian oh, that passed away. Yeah, yeah so we pull, we poured out a couple beers uh for him. In glasses to drink, to drink, right? It out. Yeah, yeah, he would appreciate that. And we, uh, we had this passion fruit goes. Um, I don't even remember the, 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 the brewery, but it was the worst beer I've oh. ever had in my life. And I was like, Kelsey was like, Oh yeah, as I don't really like it. And I was like, come on, just it's a beer, like you just get through it. <laughs> And there was like half the glass left, and she's like, "I I can't do I this. I can't do it." And I was like, "Okay, let me try." And I was like, "I was like, oh man, <laughs> that's rough."
1: And then you literally had to pour one out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, no, I I took I oh, it you back. You finished it.
0: Oh. And then I drove right back to Horrocks to pick up another beer, Um just because I was like, I can't I can't give Kelsey a bad beer. So I was right. like, I just grabbed um an M forty three because Classic. I was like, hey, can't go wrong. This is good. I know you're gonna like it. Yeah. I felt so bad because I I had a good beer and she had this terrible one.
1: Did you pick you pick both of them out?
0: Yeah. 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 As you know, we went to Horrocks. The cold section right. isn't robust. Right. So it's more um, limited,
1: but their dry section is Oh, they have everything that yeah, you could ever possibly crazy. imagine.
0: So if you ever need beer that's <clears> that you need to cool or chill first, head to Horrocks. Right. Non official sponsor of the outdoor. Right. Around the Campfire Podcast. For sure. Anyway. Well, um, Devin. We, uh, I think we have a couple lingerers. We do, yeah. Hers, hers.
1: Er, lingerers.
0: Yeah, from last um, week's podcast. Yeah. Uh, more importantly, um, singer, songwriter, hip-hop, R&B, rap artist, Thai Guava. Yeah. Doesn't exist. So
1: the good news is if, if you are in the midst of starting a rap career or any any career that has a, like a pseudonym, is that the right word? Sure. Whatever. Like name.
0: Marshall Mathers to Eminem.
1: Right. Um, thai Guava is still available. There's a few, quite a few ties and quite a few Guavas, but no Thai Guavas that we could find. Yeah. So, I so think you're, <clears throat> you yeah, you
0: may have to, you may have to put your Dukes up with Thai dollar Sign. Right. But Thai Guava.
1: There's a Guava Love on SoundCloud. Yeah. But I don't think she's made it very big yet. She only had like 19 plays when I listened and it wasn't. Have
0: I mean, you gave her that big
1: 2-0. Yeah, <laughs> I was the one. Yeah. So no Thai Guava. Um. Also, um. I'm still on the guava train. Um, we you had talked about a guava that you used to have because we've tried a couple of they weren't bad, but not subpar. Yeah, not not what you were talking about because you have a memory of
0: a delicious guava. Like I have some 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 jam or it's not jelly, but like um, what's the other word that people preserves a preserve? There it is of some some guava from my aunt that I actually I want us to try. And it's of the pink guava. It's it's called a pink, pink guava. guava.
1: Yeah, who would have thought. There's also I guess a white guava that's really good. Yeah. From
0: uh so the pink one said. is the one that I thought that I thought all guavas were just pink <laughs> on the inside and that all guavas probably had this pretty good flavor, but you and I have come to find out that it not all guavas are created equally.
1: Yeah. No it, it does. Well I've never I've only had the two we've had. So I've never had
0: this Okay Mystic
1: well, Pink one. That it's, I heard it's pretty so spectacular. Much
0: about. So we'll we'll try it you know, sometime if I can find out. You're know. gonna show up
1: here with it and I'm gonna be like you're gonna be like, What do you think it is? And I'm I'm not gonna guess pink guava and it's gonna be really embarrassing.
0: So. <laughs> no, you're gonna be like, That's pink guava. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> now anything pink that comes in, I'm gonna be like pink guava. I know, I, don't exactly, answer, I know
0: exactly what that is. <laughs> um uh and then another another lingerer uh was the log slide. Yeah. Did we did we confirm if that is the tallest dune?
1: Yeah, Craig looked it up, sent me some information. First of all, super difficult to find, like, what is the tallest dune. Like, a lot of conflicting things. One thing I read, I like, looked it up. I was like, oh, the tallest dune is in Whitefish Bay or White Point or Whitefish. And it's 93 feet. And I'm like, okay, that's wrong. I know that for a fact <laughs> is not correct. And then I kept looking, and it's not close. Log slide is not close to the tallest dune. Oh, it is not. 175 feet from the water to the top, which is very tall, but sleeping bear dunes have some that are like 500 feet tall. What? But I don't know. What I couldn't find is like, is that water to the top or is that like height of the dune? Cause it might be like the tallest
0: dune from like lake to the top. So what you're saying is we have another linger. We have
1: another linger, And I like, don't even know if we'll be able to find the answer on this because in my limited in Craig's limited research it wasn't super c- clear cut and so i don't know i, I mean honestly
0: the <laughs> the way around this is we just contact the mbs right and we're like hey we want the, we we're kind of bags. a big deal right yeah uh, <laughs> we have some people that want some some questions answered
1: the reality is no one's actually asked or expressed care except for us we were just acting as if people out there listening are like we need to know
0: what <laughs> is the tallest dune <laughs>
1: yeah so um that's still kind of a linger, but for sure, logslide—not the tallest dune in Michigan. Don't know where I got that information from.
0: I don't know where you get any of your information but
1: from. But the thing is, if somebody listens to that episode and not this episode, they could go out and be like, "Oh yeah, tallest dune in Michigan is logslide," and yeah, that's I how. That is how rumors get started, and so if if it gets out there, I just want to get ahead of this.
0: We are we're setting ourselves straight. We're we're. <laughs> We're it. Log slide, it. not the tallest. Not, not it.
1: But there's like quite a few. Um, actually, this is kind of a fun fact. The tallest dune in Michigan is only 200 feet smaller than the tallest building in Michigan.
0: What is the tallest bu- building in Michigan? I don't know.
1: <laughs> Somewhere <laughs> around 700 feet it must be because that's <laughs> the tallest dune is 500 some feet. So. <laughs> um, you had to guess
0: what city it's in. Would you guess Detroit? Detroit, yeah. for sure. Yeah. Watch, watch it's in some... way. yeah, <laughs> it's <in Nah>. some... <laughs> Oh man, no, it's got to be Detroit. So, yeah, it has to be. It has to be for sure. Um, one, <coughs> and then I think we have one last one, and it's you. Yeah. You blurted out mm-hmm. in, an obscenity of Christmas pear, right? Which I've never heard before.
1: No, me neither. Actually, um, I looked up Christmas pear as well, and me and Craig both did. We both did a little bit of research on this, and. No such thing as Christmas pears. But pears have been famously associated with Christmas since the 1800s. Okay. Because supposedly in cool temperatures, pears will last a really long time. And so back before, you could have fruit at Christmas time if it was like a pear, I guess, if you stored it correctly. And so people, it was like a delicacy that people would share with each other on Christmas as like a, oh, here's some fresh fruit. Well, fresh is relative, but here's some fruit. Un- uncanned right. fruit. yeah, um, that people would share. And so I don't know. It also then is associated a partridge in a pear tree in the famous Christmas song, 12 Days of Christmas. And so I don't know if that's a play on that or if that's separate.
0: I think the only um, line I remember is, <clears throat> five golden rings. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. Na,
1: na, na, na. You just hum along until you know one. And then, oh, and a portrait <laughs> and a portrait. Yeah, yeah I it got goes. it. I got it. For sure. But yeah.
0: Um, okay. Well, I think that um, this Christmas, you and I should create a Christmas bear. Mm-hmm. Whether we cut it up and then maybe, I don't know, what is it? Like hazelnut? Or what is a Christmas nutmeg? Yeah. I don't, I don't know. A Christmas... Little, little, some cinnamon some and some nutmeg. sort of like, or oh, like this a is peppermint
1: a... would be very Christmassy. Yeah, would be good on a pear.
0: Yeah, I mean, is it
1: nutmeg? Just like
0: I, I feel like I. Yeah, I'm not sure.
1: Not a soccer move.
0: A soccer move. <laughs> I'm just. <laughs> I mean it is, but I'm just kidding.
1: Uh, yeah, let's have a Christmas pair. Yeah. I write that down in our reminders for like December twenty first.
0: Honestly, Christmas we pear. should look on when when we record coming up then we so, do. so luckily uh Wednesday's uh in December it's the 22nd the 29th so okay we'll, so we'll I don't know when you go home for christmas but we'd have to record either the 23rd the you know christmas right. eve eve um and then the day after the yeah. 29th so the Thursday.
1: and we maybe we'll just record like an extra long christmas special and then Take a breather. Take a take and a week off for the holidays. Two? Yeah, something like that. Like oh, maybe we do that. Yeah. I was also thinking. <clears throat> so, this is kind of just a side topic before we get into the meat about some things we could do, some fun things with the podcast moving forward. And I was thinking about perhaps having some guests on. I know we've talked a little bit about that. I think it'd be fun to have somebody on to share some stories um, in the somewhat near future. I think that could be fun.
0: I think that could be fun. I mean. I am wearing the socks that Paul got me. Right. He'd he's the be... one that always comes to mind. I feel like we've mentioned him. I know you have a friend that's yeah. going elk hunting. Yeah, he actually that... left
1: today. Oh, um, yeah,
0: so, like, when he gets back, we should definitely yeah. have him.
1: Yeah, he lives in New York, so we'd have to figure that out. But his name is Zach, and um, good, best of luck to him on his elk hunt. Yeah. Him and uh, him and his friend Justin. Get a bull, man. Um, are going out. So, But, yeah, he he's already said, because he went out last year, and he's already said, like, I'd love to come share my story. So I think it'd be fun to have have some guests on and the other one is i think it'd be cool to do a live recording um and i don't know how we do this like mic wise but to go to have a fire like six of us and do kind of just like a more open like a literal campfire conversations like
0: i think we could do it with two mics may- maybe that would be or like maybe a, we need one more a bonus
1: but... um like yeah. a bonus episode that we just throw out there like maybe even like around the holidays like we record it kind of save it in our bank and then you know when the craziness of that hits. We I don't can, know,
0: dude. Our bank's getting pretty full.
1: Yeah, that's true. Um, anyway, but yeah, so I, that was another one that I thought perhaps. And then, if you guys have anything you want to hear, please send us a message either on Instagram or Facebook, text us, whatever.
0: Yeah, we would love that. Yeah, we, uh, I mean, this is meant to be a community thing, and we want to build a sense of yeah community. So, so
1: either if a, you have a really good story that you're like would be perfect for the podcast. Shoot I have a, a fruit
0: that I want you to try. I have a beer I want you to try. Yeah. I have a story, like like right. you said,
1: or um, yeah. If
0: you, I have some gear that I want to recommend to people. Yep. I have this flute from high school that I want to sell. <laughs> I'm just trying to get it out there.
1: <laughs> just want I want <laughs> I want more eyes on it. <laughs> it's really so, not picking track. It's a right seller's out. market out there. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So any any feedback or suggestions on stuff like that or topics, let us know. Shoot us a DM. We'd love to hear kind of what you guys want to hear and and make it like Devin said a, a community thing and not just a me and Devin thing. So feel free to reach out.
0: Yeah, we're we're willing to share our time together. Oh yeah, uh, with someone else.
1: Yeah. Well,
0: I think it, I think the meat's done. It's meat, ready to be. It's ready. <laughs> it's been.
1: It's been roasting all morning and evening, so. Cool. Do you uh, want to kick us off, or do you want me to go first?
0: Uh, I mean, yeah, sure. I'll, I'll kick us off. Okay. Um
1: and, I'll and set the bar low. So just kind of so you know kind of what we're doing, um, we just basically came up with five dream trips that we wanted to take, and they kind of vary. It's our dream trip, so we didn't say, like, it has to be a hiking trip or it has to be this, or we just kind of said, what is very five? vague, yeah. So
0: I assume Seth and I are going to have very different things, right? Yeah, so. and we haven't
1: we have shared a little bit, but we haven't said like, okay, you do these five, I'll do these five, and so these are things that we actually want to do or have dreamed about doing, and we kind of just some logistic things, um, kind of some of those questions, but they're not going to be not like a detailed trip plan. So oh, mine, that's
0: mine's not very detailed at all. Yeah, uh, mine is a yeah. I'll just jump into it um, for sure. A place uh, I want to go is Nepal. Nepal. Um, uh, for one one main reason, um, and that would be to hike to Everest's base camp. Mm. Um, obviously, I'd love to do Everest, um, <laughs> but it's a little more challenging than I think uh, people um, really like, oh, yeah, I can hike Everest, but... I think starting off at Everest's base camp, which is uh, 17,598 feet. um, Which is
1: so high.
0: It's ridiculous. It's so high. The highest I've been is 14,439 feet. Yeah. Was that Mount Whitney? Mount Elbert. Mount Elbert. In Colorado. So um, you can do a pretty quick, and I'm throwing up air quotes, um, like a a 15 to 20-day hike to, to Everest's base camp um and it really can't be any faster than that uh due to acclimating mm-hmm. every so often um so you have to acclimate um and you can definitely stay there longer you just need a visa um
1: what does the acclimation process look like do you know or is that something yeah that
0: you... it's about a day and a half to 2 days at certain altitudes okay uh and then when you're with your sherpas um they Wh- kind of which are
1: I know I just want Oh yeah, yeah yeah yeah
0: Sherpas are um essentially similar to what you did when you when you uh guided uh out in uh Colorado a Sherpa is someone who essentially uh makes your hike a little easier they carry a lot of the bulk of the stuff mm-hmm. um they they know the ins and outs of the mountain uh of the trail they are essentially the experts when it comes to your hike, your summit anything yeah. anything related with everest uh and the climb there, so um so it's up.
1: not the fuzzy sweaters that people wear around. it, is. it oh, is it's also that
0: it is also that <laughs> I think they're i think they they have to wear those gotcha no, no sherpa's wearing sherpas <laughs> <laughs> that's a lie I'm sure they do, but they're not forced to uh anyway um it is essentially um um the sherpa will uh kind of decide uh, based on group size um, based on uh, the party in general and how like how things are going but like at certain destinations i didn't dive too much into it but at certain altitudes you are forced to acclimate for a certain period of time Mm -hmm. like i know when people hike everest they're at base camp for a while before they even before they even move on Um, and i know that you're at base camp for at least a day and a half even on this hike so like you get to, um, Nupsey, uh, which is a whole nother story. And I'd love to dive into that sometime, but like you're, you're at Nupsey for like two days. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, uh, you know, on day nine of a 15 day trip, I think is when you summit and then you don't get back to Kath, Kathmandu, Kathmandu, I don't, Kathmandu, Kathmandu I've like, heard, like I've I heard it so many times. Know, yeah. You don't get back to Kathmandu, <clears throat> uh, until day 15. So like day nine you're you're at base camp. Gotcha. And then you're not back. It takes another to... six days, five correct. or six days to get back. Correct, correct, correct. Crazy. Um, it is labeled online as very challenging. <laughs> I don't think. I would imagine. <laughs> I don't think uh, <clears throat> people are just like, honey, let's uh, let's take the let's take the kids out to Kathmandu and yeah. go to base camp. What do you say? <laughs> I don't think that happens. Um, uh, all. All budgets, kind of included, forced into one thing. If you already have a lot of your own gear, uh, or roughly about three grand. Okay. Um,
1: which is like so cheap compared to if you were to actually summit Everest. It is, yeah. Like yeah. summoning Everest is like sixty grand at least. Yeah, I mean it's crazy.
0: At least in that, and and <clears throat> the gear needed for that is way more intense. Right, you have to
1: have supplemental oxygen, which is a, a large part of the cost. Yeah, I know.
0: Yeah. And, and like the, the gloves, boots, everything that you have mm-hmm. is insane. The Sherpas that you have to hire. Right. Insane. The tents. It's 30, all the gear, 30, 40 day trip. Yeah. All the gear that you have to do is intense. Um, so yeah, yeah this you
1: are, are intense.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Alpine <laughs> tense. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah. Just, just yeah. 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 So yeah. 15 day trip, uh, day nine, you're at base camp. Um, you arrive at Nupsi essentially. Um, but in, i that is like the main trip i'd love to do in mm-hmm. nepal um i really want to go see all the temples um go to where all the monks are in the mountains and kind of just experience that as well um so i'd probably want to extend my trip um a little longer than 15 days maybe like a 25 day trip yeah um you know kind of start off doing that get the severity out of the way and then and then go visit the the temples and the monks and the mountains and stuff like that.
1: So do you figure three grand transportation over there, the hike up? No.
0: Yeah, about thirty five hundred. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And that is that is like I'm scraping. Right. I'm not I'm not that's the I,
1: cheapest you're gonna do it. Yeah. And that's assuming you have a lot of your own gear. Exactly, and,
0: which yeah you know, I've talked about. <clears throat> um and I, I'd probably rent some just in case, but I I don't want it to be a luxury trip. Yeah, like I really want this to be like a like a trip for me to mm-hmm. unlock certain parts of myself and just say like, hey, I did, I at least did this. Right. Eventually, like I'd love to do Everest, but I I want to yeah. stay in my limits right now. And yeah. I think, I think to be able to do that, I feel the energy, the power, all that stuff would be pretty pretty amazing.
1: Yeah, it's in, Everest is interesting too because, um. It's a little bit controversial in that a lot of times the people who are climbing Everest these days are these uber rich millionaires and billionaires who are like waking up and they're putting a mint on their pillow and bringing them a warm towel in their tent. They're not even carrying a backpack like all the Sherpas are doing that for them. It's just like they're not really climbing Everest. They are. They're they're walking the steps but they're not doing – all that would be entailed and so people like the hardcore extremist outdoormen are like, No, you're paying somebody to climb Everest for you. You're just Yeah. You know, and so I it's mean, interesting. But I mean I'm sure it's still extremely taxing to even just walk up there without a pack. You know, the cold, the conditions, the altitude. Yeah.
0: yeah. And I read a lot of stuff <coughs> online like you're you're carrying a lot of the gear, uh your own gear, but yeah. like like the tent uh and some of the food the Sherpa carries. Yeah. So, like, I didn't mean to say that. Like, when I'm like, oh, yeah, the Sherpa carries everything. They're essentially, like, they're making the trip easier. Right. But, yeah, that does happen. And, unfortunately, that's why, like, a lot of people are dying on Everest. It's not because it's taxing. It's because they're staying up there because there's lines. Yeah. Can you imagine being at lines for, you know, 20, what, it's like 29,000 feet? Yeah. I know Nupsi's 25,000 feet. So, when I said that you're at Nupsey, you're not at the summit of Nupsey, but you're at – yeah, the the location where you can see it.
1: Yeah, I um.
0: And in Nupsi in sometimes is considered harder to climb than Everest because the the hike and the trail isn't hmm. as defined and groomed.
1: Yeah, I um remember a while back. There's someone I know who she travels all around, or she used to do a lot more, but um she like posted on Instagram and it was like oh like climbing Everest. I was like no shot this girl's climbing Everest that's so dope and I like clicked on it and then I was like very naive at the time. And then it was like I summited like went to Everest base camp and I was like oh base camp like yes you did not climb Everest you went to base camp. And I didn't realize like that going to base camp is still insane. Super insane and intense and and stuff so I was like That's, now I'm like, after I got a little perspective, I was like, oh, that's dope that you did that. That's really cool. Yeah. But I had no idea. uh,
0: Yeah. I'd love to do it. And I'd love to go to the monasteries and and the monks and stuff. And just, because it's like very cultural and and like spiritual over there in a whole different sense. And I think it'd just be really cool to experience. For sure. I feel like a lot of my trips that I, I looked at are all have something to do with that.
1: A cultural or spiritual experience, or some sort of like, or something
0: like historical, yeah, or, or something that would like, <clears throat> like you come out of it with like maybe a new perspective,
1: yeah, that's cool. So for sure, that yeah. would be dope. That's yeah, a good one.
0: I think it would. I think it would be. I think it would be all, like super awesome. Um, I'll have to. I'll have to look at what the exact mileage is for that. But
1: yeah, no, that's cool. Yeah, sweet
0: Nepal to base camp, man.
1: That would be that would be awesome um Nepal's a like interesting place just in general too with with just like culturally they have a lot of
0: yeah so culturally they have a couple things sorry
1: uh technical difficulties over here culturally there's a lot of like interesting things going on and then like even their economic situation where it's like largely tourism of people climbing Everest but it's also like depreciating their resources and it's very dangerous work for the Sherpas and they don't get compensated, you know, fairly, some would say. And so there's a lot of like, it's just a very interesting place to me. A lot of, lot of stuff going on over there. Yeah.
0: It's insane when like you, you watch, um, like I watch a ton of documentaries, not even on Everest, but on like the uh, neighboring peaks. Like I think Lhotse is like a way cooler peak, but like, they're like talking to the Sherpas, and the Sherpas are like, "Oh yeah, Everest, someone eighteen times, Lhotse, twenty four times, yeah, Nuptse, twenty six times." I'm like, "Holy crap!" Yeah,
1: the world record is like, I don't even know, sixty or it's like hundred or like the, some guy did it like so many times. It's like, how, what the heck? what? And they like, what do you eat for breakfast? They are <laughs> genetically different than we are. They are like legitimately they they can handle altitude, and I don't know if that's like, like. Very short-term evolution in their like bodies that's taking place, but they can they can handle the elevation and stuff. Like they we are can't yeah. you know we need to have supplemental oxygen and stuff, and they're able to do it without it a lot of times. And it's just crazy that they're you know just how much different they are and how their abilities and talents and skills yeah, in that blood way are, oxygen, are different. Just, yeah, I don't. It's handled differently. Yeah, they're a just different crazy. breed they're, For sure, they're dope.
0: For sure.
1: sure.
0: Nice. For Sherpa. Sure, <laughs> For Sherpa. <sure, bu. laughs> um, cool. Anyways. Yeah, that, that's just like a brief little thing on mine. Yeah. But, um, uh, where are you where are you going? Oh, also, they're no, in no particular order. Right. Sorry. Yeah,
1: mine aren't either. Um, this is one that I really want to do and, and we will probably do sooner rather than label, later, my first one. Um, and I want to raft the Colorado River through the Grand Canyon. And so I want to do, like, all of it. I want to do the full trip, which not is. just a section. Yeah, uh, it's 240 miles, um, and it takes, like, between 13 and 16 days, depending on how long you want it to be. 100-plus um, rapids, so you're doing, like, whitewater rafting, but then they are also just, like, floating at times, which I think is sweet. Um, and then you can do all sorts of little, like, off-hikes and – Stop at pictographs and oh,
0: I'm sure. There's a
1: ton of. I mean, you're going through the entire Grand Canyon. So, so
0: what's starting location? What's ending location?
1: Um, I did look that up, but I didn't write it down. Um, you start at like Diamond Point or something like that, and you end. I don't. I don't know. I don't remember. Um, maybe Craig can look it up for me. I'll keep going, and then Craig's gonna look it up for us. Um. But, yeah, so I kind of looked up into some of the logistics. um, And you have to pull a permit for it. And it's like a lottery system, which is kind of crazy. All right, Craig, do you got it? Yeah, yeah,
0: I think he just – Okay, just just texted to you? Yeah. (laughs) All right. It looks like it starts at Lee's Ferry near the city of Page, Arizona. Yeah. Yeah. So that's uh, the north central part of the state.
1: Okay. Yeah. So you start and it, like I said, it's 240 miles kind of winding through the canyon. Um, and lots to do, but yeah, you have to pull a permit. So you have to do a lottery. And then once you get it, (laughs) you can't just like, if I'm like, Oh, I can't go. I have to, when I apply list, it's called a paddle, a P A T L. Um, and it's like something alternative trip leader. Um, and they can guide it but if you if he can't go then you just lose your permit you just don't get it you can't just like I can't be like oh I pulled the permit but Devin you can take it and then another weird rule is that you can only take one trip per calendar year per person so like if i have do it in march i can't do it again until
0: next january even if i pulled the permit and i brought you with me doesn't
1: matter you get one per calendar year Dang. which is crazy that yeah is and crazy. and so a lot of like why like, why permits exist in general is because there's more people want to do it than they have usage available. And in the Grand Canyon, a lot of that usage depends on campsites because it's a canyon. So there's not always a lot of places to camp. And so it's very limited on where you can sleep and pitch a tent. And so that's that's a large factor into it. Um, but, yeah, so one trip per calendar year. Um, you can self-guide it if you want. But you have to have your trip leader or boatman, they call them, has to have experience on a, that river or similar rivers. And they, like, list out a few hypothetical. Like, if you have experience on these ones, you can. But then you have to be approved by the superintendent of the park. It's not just like, right. oh, like me and you couldn't just go. You'd have to have, like, professional rafting experience. Well, or you,
0: you don't know what rafting experience That's that true. Has.
1: I don't. Um, but you can't even just, like, you have to, like have guided and, and whatnot and stuff which is kinda crazy. So you like that's one thing that like if your boatman, you know, gets sick and can't go, you're just SOL. You're on Reddit yeah. trying to find one. Right. I mean in you can't yeah, it's crazy. So that's but then you can also use a guide service. I kinda um, like that though. <clears throat> it
0: kinda it kinda weeds out the the weak.
1: Right. Well and it's like so I know some people who have gone and stuff and there are a lot of times it's like rafting guides who work for an outfitter and then they get a big group of them to go and then they bring along regular civvies like us to come with them um and so that's probably the way i would do it is i would try to go with i know a few raft guides i would try to go with them um just hop on one of their trips when they go so i'm kind of just waiting for the opportunity and then waiting for the call right (laughs) um and so, yeah, but if you use a guide service, it's between $4,000 and $6,000 for the trip is what it comes down to. And that's just like the guide service. So you still have your transportation getting there, um, any gear, but I think a lot of the gear would be provided by them, you know, the food and right. all that stuff.
0: Luckily flights to Arizona aren't <clears> that expensive right. Right there. Yeah, so you'd have your, your transportation
1: like there. Nepal. But, um, yeah, four to $6,000 if you're going to guide. And if you weren't going to use a guide, I mean, you're probably still talking a couple grand just in, you know, especially if you don't own the boats, you got to rent the boats and, and stuff like that. You're going to have pretty hefty type price tag. But, yeah, that's one I really want to do.
0: You said that takes how long? Um, Roughly
1: day-wise. 13 to 16 days is okay. what they typically say. And so two weeks would be great, like a great amount of time. I would go out, try to. Try to do knock it out in two weeks, um, and a large reason on why I want to go is the like I love backpacking, and part of the reason I love backpacking is you see a different side of things that you wouldn't see if you just drove through. So, for example, like pictured rocks, like if you just drive there and pull up to the parking lot and and only hike, you're saying okay, I'm willing to hike seven miles today. You're only going to see. Most three people, and a half miles, you know, because it's there and back.
0: Well, that was, <clears> that was generous. Some people go to the oh, lookout and they walk right back.
1: Right. Exactly. They literally get out of their car, walk a hundred feet, take a picture and get back in their car. And while you can see some pretty views and like, I'm not hating on people who do that, especially if you have kids or you're, you know, disabilities or right
0: whatever, you know, whatever hindrances. Yeah.
1: Like, and that's, you're still getting out there. You're seeing things. That's great. I'm not, not hating on that at all, but after backpacking the entirety almost of it, like you just see things that not as many people are seeing and you get a little bit of the benefit of like the pain that comes with it. (laughs) You know, you're getting a little bit of that with it too, which is, which is cool. And so,
0: which leads to the, you know, type two fun. Right.
1: Exactly. And so with rafting, like I could go on a one day raft trip and probably see some really pretty things and have a really good time and it'd be awesome. But I think to go and have like a fully, immersed trip to the Grand Canyon and see it in that way rather than just driving up to one rim and looking and then, you know, like I just, you got to wait in line to take your picture, especially the way national parks have been getting lately. I just think this would be a much more organic experience and to see it in a, in a way that's, that's really cool. So that's kind of why I want to raft it and why I want to do the whole thing rather than just one day or
0: two days. Yeah, no, I think that would be, a spectacular experience, uh, phenomenal. Speaking of national parks and how they're getting, uh, did I did I tell you? I may have said this already, but Angels Landing at Zion might be moving to a lottery system. Really, twenty twenty-two. It's getting crazy. Yeah, which I am a one hundred percent believer in that. Like I will advocate for that. Yeah. Um. Rather than overuse. Who's done, yeah. From someone who's done um, angels landing before and have, you know, scuffled by someone, you know, touching shoulders mm-hmm. or rubbing my chest on their, on their backpack. Cause we're that squished together. Yeah. I'm, I'm about it for sure. Like make it a lottery system, make it for those that really want to go and really want to experience because it is, it is for a non lottery system hike or like a, a day hike. It's pretty intense. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Like, it's crazy though that you know most things that you and I could have done on a whim, you know, five years ago are yeah. becoming more and more locked down.
1: Yeah. It's interesting. Like I think a lot of that has to do with people are getting out more, which is awesome. A large part of that is Instagram. People see things on Instagram and they want to go duplicate it. And TikTok so, and YouTube. Yeah, exactly. Every social media platform so these y- days. You're seeing like a, a popular one is Antelope Canyon that blew up. They went from having like 5,000 annual visitors and then Instagram it blew up on Instagram and now they have like millions. And and it's so not a in, reservation. infrastructure is, is just not there to support that and so things get degraded litter and trash like they just can't handle it and so I as much as I want our public lands to be accessible. for use and accessible the, the permit and lottery system makes sense in certain instances like that especially considering how much other cool stuff there is to see and do that aren't those things like antelope canyon dope sure drive 30 minutes and there's other sweet canyons that are very similar that have no people at them because they're not as well known so it's like you know get out and like let's spread ourselves out a little more you know now granted like pretty much all of mine are (laughs) like (laughs) popular
0: yeah, well, Things. you know it's crazy? Antelope Canyon, you can still go to it, but it is a guided tour only. Yeah. And if which, you have to go through the reservation because it's on, I forget the name, but it's on a, a reservation land. Yeah. So you can still go, but you have to pay for it, and you have to have someone guide you through it.
1: Yeah, which, I mean, that's what they had to do. So I looked into a little bit of the permits on it. In terms of costs, if you go through an outfitter, I think it's covered because that's a commercial trip
0: for your for your uh, canoe or rafting yeah. trip. Sorry,
1: yeah. So if you're rafting, um, sorry, yeah. Bringing it back to that, um, it's four thousand to six thousand, but I think that includes your permits because outfitters get so many permits, and so you don't. I don't think you have to go through the lottery system. Um, but if you go on your own, um, it's twenty five dollars per year to put into the lottery, and so however many long, how many how many years. Then you have a ninety dollar river permit, a two hundred or four hundred dollar deposit, and then you have a twenty dollar entrance fee, and that's per person. But the deposit goes toward towards that stuff. Wow! So um, that's kind of how it breaks down. So it's still, you know, a little bit expensive, especially like you you might have to apply for five years. So you're talking one hundred and fifty bucks just in applying per t- per- potentially. So yeah. That's uh that's one I'm for sure going to do at some point in my life. I'm just waiting on the opportunity, but I I really want to do it. So
0: I <clears throat> I stand by that, man. That is that would be a cool trip. I've I've rafted a couple rivers before. Um a section of the Colorado River, mm-hmm. uh, the Arkansas River. Um yeah. I did a kayak or canoe trip up in uh, Acadia, but like to do the whole thing I think would be pretty pretty yeah, spectacular for sure i definitely i stand by that it's a good choice
1: for sure all right
0: i say you just roll into another one you want me to do another one yeah
1: okay i'll do it
0: we'll do one <coughs> and one yeah
1: all right the next one right, is right. another paddling one interesting um
0: this Man, one boundary Waters really just well actually yeah. both That's of these though. i've
1: had i've wanted to do since before boundary waters and then i went to boundary waters and i was like oh yeah this is dope but this one, um, a <clears throat> little bit different, one I've been dreaming about actually since college, um, my senior year of college. And that is to paddle around the entire lakeshore of Michigan. So it would be like a through hike but for paddling.
0: So just just a quick question. Is that like paddling around the Lake Michigan side but – the like across the pond, across like the Wisconsin side, around Chicago, no. or only everything that that Michigan. The borders? outline
1: of Michigan, just around Michigan. So the, not not all the Great Lakes, but got just it. Michigan. Up two? Yeah, so I went back and forth on this. Um, from what I could find, Michigan has three thousand two hundred and eighty-eight miles of lakeshore, which is the most of any state except for Alaska. And so that is a lot of paddling. <laughs> if I did 20 miles a day, it would take me five and a half months to do. <laughs> so I start in like May, you know, it's doable. Um, and so in that case, like it might be, make more sense to do like Lower Peninsula at one point and then Upper Peninsula at one point. I don't know. Um, but yeah, I haven't like really planned a lot of the logistics. I just think it would be really cool to do. Um, I don't think it's ever been done, uh, but I did find a guy who he paddled from like Detroit all the way through Lake Huron up to Minnesota through like Lake Superior.
0: Wow, yeah, that's pretty cool.
1: yeah that's a long long paddle for sure. um so yeah, there is someone who's gone like really far, but I would need like a sea kayak. In I don't know like weather wise you know if there's like a lot of days where you just can't go out because it's way too wavy I don't I have no idea like I'm not not an avid paddler
0: yet so a lot of question marks but you'd have to pull like different permits too to stay at like campsites
1: so yeah that's one of the things I actually emailed the guy a while back before we were going to do this and kind of asked him and he said. He stayed at, on like public lands when he could, but a lot of times he just like pulled up to private property and found the owner, like knocked on their door and was like, hey, this is what I'm doing. Like, do you mind if I just pitch a tent in your, your yard here? He's like, I'll up, be up by 6 a.m. out of your hair. And they're like he said, he only one person
0: said no. And so – because like, like if someone said <clears> that to me, I'd be like, heck, yeah, man. I'm making yeah, like, tonight. Yeah, why
1: not? It's not like you're hurting anything. But probably if there's 40 people coming through every day, but I don't think a lot – this is going to be on a lot of people's list of – yeah to do it's not like the pct so yeah um part of the reason um I want to do it is I just think it'd be cool to go to all the little beach towns and like lake towns um kind of along the way and stop in cuz there's like hundreds of them you know and it's, it's go highlight that.
0: them I mean we drank a beer from one sheboygan right yeah i mean like, they're literally Charlevoix, there's so many traverse cities like everything in sutton's bay yeah
1: tawass all. Uh, Holland, Grand Haven, Saugatuck.
0: the Keweenaw Peninsula, uh, yeah. There's literally Copper Harbor
1: Harbor, too many to even count, and so
0: Fish, fish Town or whatever they call yeah. it. That, that place yep. is cool,
1: and so it'd be really cool to like go to all those little spots and like go to like a local place, talk to some of the locals, kind of see like what makes their town special because they're ultimately they're tourist towns. Like tourism is what keeps them alive, and so I think it'd be cool to make a little documentary on um, like yeah, get GoPro. cool fish towns and and along the coast of michigan and so that is that's on my list i don't know if i'll ever do it it's kind of a pipe dream um i think there's a lot of other things that like take priority for me
0: and i'm like, looking at you listeners you gotta help you gotta help make this pipe dream a reality for. <laughs> if South i PR. tell you what
1: if the podcast gets big enough um that it, i can make a living off of it well if the, i will commit 100 percent to
0: doing if it. if the podcast gets gets big enough I'm forced to do it with you. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you no, I even cuz okay, so I'm married. So that's another thing that you have to like think about cuz I'm like I can't just expect Maddie's going to paddle alongside me. Right. But I'm like she could drive a van along the side with yeah. supplies and we could like still like spend every night together and I just in the day I paddle, she goes does and... the research ahead of time for me, knocks on some doors, "Hey, my husband's out paddling, can he stay here?"
0: Dude that's the way you do it. Yeah.
1: And so I feel like if, and okay. And
0: I'm, 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 I have a rope tied to your kayak. You're pulling me, and I'm sitting there with my microphone. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, today, <laughs> Seth booked out 18 miles. Can he do it? We're going to find out. He's keeping a well, pace of six minutes per mile. I'm,
1: I'm also curious because when I, in Boundary Runners, they said 10 miles a day was like a good day. But we did, like, it wasn't a lot. So I think it's largely weather and wind dependent, but I'm like, I feel like after a month of doing it, I'm gonna be in pretty good paddle shape, and you could probably, I could probably knock out more than twenty miles a day. Hashtag jacked. I mean, your my my legs <laughs> would be the size of my forearms. My forearms would be the size of my
0: thighs. <laughs> um, but yeah. So if, if you'd have to get one of those kayaks that has a little yeah, like yeah, the leg like a paddle boat. Yeah. Um, uh, if the
1: podcast gets big enough, I'll for sure commit to doing it. Me and Devin will go make a little mini docu series. That
0: would, it. but F it, it's, dude. it's it's in your hands, listeners. Let's just pitch it to a TV sh- like a. Well, that like was my original network. idea,
1: and I I I pitched it to one of my professors who's has an in at Pure Michigan because I was like, how what better marketing would there be than that? Like to highlight Michigan's coastline. Like
0: I feel like Michigan's like coastline is what makes it famous. Like, yeah, Michigan summers. That's, like where that's it's at.
1: exactly, and so I'm like. But, and she was, she thought it was a great idea and she gave me um, Dave Lorenz email, who's the, at the time, I don't know if he still is, and she's like, put together a pitch and I left for Colorado and never did. So, what could have been? I'm upset. But yeah, that's my second one. What do you have, Devin? Doing a little snake draft action here. Yeah, yeah,
0: I I like the snake snake draft. I didn't have as much time to research uh, because I forgot about it and I just, I've been working nonstop. Yeah, you're good. So, um mine's kind of similar to yours in 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 that last one in the sense of um it is uh not super thought out. Um and it's essentially mine are all long. Um and it is a uh one month trip to Iceland. So um what kind of differs um than the other trips maybe is that it's van camping. Um and The van I want, would I'd want a manual transmission. Um, And the reason why is Iceland has different camping restrictions than the United States. So there's a lot of just pull-offs and places that you can just drive your van and just, like, camp, honestly, wherever you want to. Um, As long as you, like, are a good human being, like, you know, pack in, pack out, take everything, leave no trace kind of thing, then there's really limited... Camping restrictions. Um,
1: so why the manual
0: van then? Yeah. Is
1: that part of it? Am I, did I miss it? Yeah. like
0: it, I, I want, it has to be a manual.
1: That's like, like a I, personal thing, not a, a thing. Iceland rule. Yeah, yeah.
0: Okay. A personal thing. Like if I want to be driving, I want to, I want to have some fun with it. Yeah. Um, And, you know, I'd be driving. For those of you that don't know, Iceland's only about the size of Kentucky. It's not very large.
1: That just blew my mind. (laughs) I would have guessed like the size of, I don't know, Utah, Colorado, New Mexico, and Arizona. Like that is what I would have guessed. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah, No, no. It's about the size of Kentucky. It's like 39,000 square miles. So you can do that
1: whole thing in a month. I mean like pretty easy with some, with some time to spend. With a manual van. Yeah.
0: Yeah. With some time to spend at the many geysers. Yeah. Um, the waterfalls, mm-hmm. rock formations, volcanoes, um hot natural hot springs, that's the word I was looking so for. Much so sweet. much to do. Yeah. And honestly, I like everything I I budgeted for, um I I'm like I just I want to rough it out as much as I can. I don't want to live a luxurious time right. while I'm there. So like the most again, the most expensive thing is the van. Uh, and if you can find a cheap one to rent out and then, and then your cost flying out there and then everything else is relatively cheap. Right. And there is some, um, different, uh, like pre-made, like, okay, if you, uh, yeah, if your destination, you land here in Reykjavik, you drive to this location in this certain amount of time and like you follow like the different points that they have mapped out. And then you can like day hike or even like hike out, camp, leave the van behind, yeah. go explore, come back. Like they have everything mapped out. So like thirty days you can go see a lot. Some people do it in a week. Wow. Like it's insane. But Iceland has always um, kind of mesmerized me because the entire country and island runs out geothermal energy. Which is and like insane. they're at like a net zero. It's like they don't produce any waste. Like everything is recuperated, and they actually have this really awesome new building that they just put up that literally traps CO two inside rock formations, hmm. and like huge basalt. Like it's it's insane, and like yeah. they do everything to be super sustainable. So I'd like to go check out like all the really nerdy engineering geothermal plants and just be like, how are they doing this? And like, how can I spread the sustainability? So like, if you've ever seen the movie Moana Mm -hmm. and like how this, yeah. How like the entire start of the movie, there's like that black disease. Mm -hmm. I want to, I want to, I want to spread sustainability like that. So I just want to take over everything. But, um, I don't know. Iceland has always just been, a yeah a huge photography oh yeah Um, very picturesque place yeah and I'd love to just make a documentary of me like van lifing it for like a month just traveling around the Kentucky sized island of Iceland that would be so sweet
1: it was really popular to go to like when we were in college I feel like everyone I knew was going to Iceland Mm -hmm. because their flights were so cheap because they were doing like crazy specials to get people to come there And now
0: it's kind of gone up a little bit.
1: Yeah, I haven't filed, but I know um, someone I know. She's dating someone who lives abroad. This is kind of creepy because I just know like them from social media. I like know her, but like kind of like you and me. Yeah, and they just went to Iceland. I think he lives in, I think he's Switzerland, and she's lives here. And they like meet in Iceland because it's like cheaper to fly there and spend a week there than it is. I
0: I had vacation in Iceland. I just yeah. um, (laughs) <laughs> One of our followers uh, just got engaged in Iceland. Oh, um, congrats. Big Grizz.
1: Big Grizz, congratulations, Big yeah.
0: Grizz. Um, yeah, congratulations, Rob. Uh, but, yeah, like, steal my thunder, Rob. I wanted to go to Iceland forever. But, <laughs> yeah, have you ever seen the movie, like, The Secret Life of Walter Mitty? I have, yeah. Yeah. Like, just yeah. let me do that for a little while.
1: It's There's also a documentary um, where these guys go to Iceland searching for waves to surf
0: oh have you seen it so that i don't know what it's called that is that is made if you're if we're talking about the same one is it underneath a under a northern sky or something maybe
1: yeah i don't know i got i get into weird niche documentaries every now and then and that was one of them that they like literally would like be driving at night and then all of a sudden they'd be like the surf is up like they're under sky yeah i think that is it
0: uh a group (laughs) of surfers (laughs) Along with photographer Chris Burkhardt, which is oh, <laughs> chef's kiss that's that's how I knew a journey to Iceland's north coast in sorts of perfect ways during the largest storm in twenty five years yes, okay one of my favorite things uh and Chris is a amazingly talented photographer in documentary and I don't know director
1: uh, Do- sure, yeah, sounds right
0: um and yeah that that whole thing is amazing it's. I think it came out in twenty seventeen. Um something like that. But yeah, it's an amazing documentary. Those guys are nuts surfing in Iceland. Yeah. Also the people that surf like Lake, Lake Superior. Superior.
1: Yeah. What, the Dan guy. Yeah. His name's Dan.
0: He's a legend.
1: Like, yeah. I love cold water. And I'm sure the wetsuit helps, but like, it's still gotta be so freaking
0: cold. Here's a question for you: If you love cold water, do you shower with cold water? I do, not every oh, time. Me, me too. I always end with the cold.
1: Yeah, I call that a James Bond shower. I think, I, I think it's called warm. an Irish shower.
0: Huh? I wonder. I don't know hey, where Greg, James Bond came from. I Greg, I want you to verify that.
1: Yeah, we'll have to. That'll have to be a linger for two episodes from now. Correct. Because we're not. We won't have lingers for the next one. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, no. That I love cold showers. I don't do it every. Excuse me. I don't do it every time. Um, but I usually, at the very least, end them cold because it just brings me life.
0: Yeah, it slows your heart rate down. It's said to relieve stress, kind of like the dream trips that you and I want to go on.
1: Yeah, slow down your heart, speed up your joy.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's that's <laughs> cool. what I've always seen on posters. Slow down your heart, speed up your speed joy. Speed up your joy. Yeah, we'll yeah. put that on a
1: mug as well. We're yeah. under so, uh, like I don't
0: I don't have a lot of specifics uh, for that trip. All I know is that I want to drive a manual transmission van around the entire island and then uh, do day, day hikes. That's awesome. Yeah. And then go explore all the sustainability stuff. Yeah. That they I mean, do. some
1: trips are, like, cool to be like, we're going to figure it out as we go. Like, not every trip has to be yeah.
0: planned to every minute, you know? Yeah. I mean, I would – similar to you, I'd, I'd go through an outfitter to go do the base camp one because you have to. Right. And they kind of plan that out for you, um, but yeah, this one is just like a let me running gun, going guns blazing, figure it out.
1: Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, you want to do another one?
0: Um, or do, I can go. No, I, we're at about fourteen hundred bars right now.
1: Bars is that time already? Yeah. All right. Well, so we
0: have a we have a couple.
1: Devin, why don't you give like a just a tease?
0: Re- already? You think well, so? I
1: mean, just like. Wait, do we need to end right now, or?
0: Yeah, like a tease of some stuff to come up. Or are you talking about that one story that I was telling you beforehand?
1: Well, you're gonna tell that one in part two. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. What? Yeah, is that the one where you're you're talking about? It is that the one with the asparagus?
0: Yeah.
1: Gotcha. Yeah. No. Yeah, definitely wait on that. Okay. Wait on that. That's okay. the asparagus, and then the. Yeah.
0: Yeah, that was insane. It's it. Yeah. It's it's a wild story. Uh, I'll just give you a tease. The asparagus was large enough to camp inside. It was like a teepee.
1: We're not we're not talking Veggie Tales here, folks.
0: No, not at all. It was like prehistoric Jurassic For sure. asparagus. That's all well, I'm saying.
1: You should tease your next.
0: Yes, um, and it it was actually kind of teased um, a couple episodes ago, and that is the the Camino de Santiago, okay, or the Way of Saint James. Okay, Um.
1: so next episode, we're going to get into that.
0: The nitty-gritty.
1: Of the El Camino. Also, a popular car truck here in America. Probably not as cool as the hiking trail.
0: It also, not as popular as it once was.
1: No, no, unless you're a big back, fan of My Name is Earl. Or back
0: that, in the 70s? Is that the name of this one?
1: Yeah. You know, you're <laughs> rocking riding riding that dirty. thing. For sure. Well, thanks for tuning in for this week's episode. Um, something a little different, a little two-parter here. So if you want to catch the rest of our dream trips here, um, we'll see you back here next Wednesday. Keep your camp chair out. We'll be having another fire. So,
0: Thanks, everyone, for listening.
1: We'll see you then. Peace. Peace out. <laughs> <laughs>